But that's the that's the goal. And that's where the predictability really comes in is you can have a formula where you're going to know that, you know, I'm going to send out X number of emails and Y number of phone calls, and it's going to yield me, you know, Z number of new business wins. This is Digital Marketer. Hey, it's Marky Grass here, and I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. So that means that you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. It might sound too good to be true, but trust me, it works. The CEO, Adam Robinson, is brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. That's getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you need to be focused on to the cutting-edge tactics and tools that are working today. Today I have Christian Banach online. He is a business and development growth consultancy, and they systematically land marketing services providers with six and seven figures opportunities predictably. Thank you, Mark. A pleasure to be here. Excited to, to chit-chat with you here. All right. So we're talking about basically the, the practice of marketing agencies that solely rely on word of mouth. Basically, that kind of referral things that just kind of happen. And rather than kind of scale using paid media or other approaches, they kind of rest on their laurels and just wait for those referrals to come in. So explain a little bit about why that is not a good thing, you know, short or long term. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. So again, thank you for for having me here. So yeah, so we work as as you'd mentioned with advertising agencies, marketing companies, ad tech, martech, and you know, all too often I hear these agency principals, the owners, essentially bragging about the fact that they don't do any sort of advertising or marketing for themselves, and that they've strictly you know are word of mouth and referral based. Ultimately, I think that's great that they're able to get those leads. I'm not suggesting that they should be turning those down, but what I'm here today to to talk about is that that really isn't a growth strategy. To me, the way I look at word of mouth and referrals is that's a bonus. It's a byproduct of doing good work for for clients and having good retention. However, that's not a scalable strategy. By the definition of the word strategy, that you know, you're that is not what word of mouth is all about. So, would love to talk today about you know some of the reasons why you know the, the things that they should be thinking about outside of just relying on word of mouth and referrals. I love that because uh, that it just personally that's that's where I was at where you know my whole business was well I I had a one person business essentially so I wasn't interested in scaling <laughs> so much as I was like okay I'm maintaining my clients my my space was highly creative so it was hard to kind of outsource some of those components so I ended up just relying on that but I knew because I ran the numbers that if I wanted to grow it into you know multi seven figure business I would have to get leads from somewhere else. So completely understand. But it's it's tempting to just stick there because you have a 100% you know, sales success rate 
which anybody who says that, I'm like, oh, okay, you don't actually advertise, which doesn't count. So let's talk about, let's say for one of these people who has been, say they have a you know successful business as it stands, but now they want to scale. Why isn't it possible to do it with just referrals? Yeah, so I think probably one of the biggest factors, and I would look at kind of seven different areas when it comes to this, but the first one I would say is it's unpredictable, right? You you never know when that lead is going to come in, right? Because it is word of mouth based, it is referral based, you don't control it, you can't necessarily dial it up or dial it down. So there are maybe months that you may go where you don't receive any leads. There may be others times where just, you know, serendipity or whatever, and you get a, a few that come to the door all at the same time. But the bottom line is, you know, you, you can't predict when it's going to happen. And because of that, it makes it really hard to scale. It makes it hard to staff up. How do you know if it's if you're ready to hire somebody? So I think that's probably one of the biggest things is just the unpredictability behind it versus other forms of advertising and marketing where you know you have more control. That makes so much sense. And especially since if they if you can't control that ability to scale, you, you just or if you can't predict when your sales are going to come in, there's no way you could hire somebody out or run ads or pay for anything other than, you know, what you have in your pocket kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And to kind of piggyback on the second thing that I'm looking at usually as well is is it's limited audience, right? You know, you only are basing it off of people within your network, people who you've either done past work with or current work with. And at least the agencies that we work with, you know, many of them are the bigger agencies, but they're working with maybe 10 to 20 different clients at any given time. But when you really think about it, 10 to 20 people out there, that's not a lot to really spread the word about your services, especially again, if you're looking to scale, if you're happy just kind of being small and, and working with a small, that's fine. But if you're looking to scale, that's not a whole lot of ambassadors out there, you know, spreading the word for you. The other challenge with the limited audience here is that in certain situations, you know, there may be contractually, you may be limited in working with different types of brands in the same category. So if you're working with an automotive company, you may not be able to work with another automotive company. However, you know, who is that automotive client likely talking and spreading the word about you? Probably people within their network, which are in that automotive industry. So you may be getting some leads that come in, but because of contractual reasons, you may not be able to pursue those. So, so I think the, the spread of, of who you can get in front of is, is very limited when it comes to word of mouth and referrals. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Be, you know, just personally, like I ended up with mainly local people because it was like, oh, you did the local boutique and then they know Sally down the street. Now she needs something. And the, so your portfolio actually looks pretty robust, at least in terms of geolocation, but you can't get out of it. You're kind of stuck. Right. Right. Yeah. And that leads very well into, into the third point that I was going to make here about it isn't targeted. You know, you're you may be to your point, you know, wanting to branch off and work with bigger businesses or push certain service offerings. And really, you know, the clients that are going to be giving you referrals or your network is really going to be giving you based on their experience with you, which may or may not be where you ultimately, you know, want to be taking, you know, your business. So, so that's a big challenge in that, you know, you're not able to specifically target certain companies, certain industries for certain offerings, certain geographies versus, you know, again, other forms of sales and marketing where you have that type of control as well. Now that, that makes a ton of sense. You know, I'll also to piggyback onto that. The other thing is it's it's not replicable, right? You, when you're talking about word of mouth and referrals, there's nothing really you can do. I mean, sure, there are kind of affiliate networks and things like that that maybe you can you know look into. However, at least for our clients, when you're looking to get bigger type of deals, I've not seen a re- an affiliate network that is out there for landing you know 
quarter million dollar, million dollar type of deals. You know, it's just, it's not that type of game. Usually the affiliate networks are for lower ticket type of items. And and, and even so, uh, even at that, you know, there's still a lot of other challenges that come along with it. So again, if you are seeing some success with word of mouth referrals, how do you dial that up? How do you replicate that? Um, it's really challenging. I mean, all you can say is just, hey, do, do more great work. Stay maybe in front of some of your prospects, stay on your LinkedIn, which I think are all kind of good best practices. But I, I don't necessarily consider that, you know, a replicable process um, per se, again, versus other forms of sales and marketing. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And, you know, the unpredictability and I, I mean, there's no way you could, I could have systemized my business. I think I, I counted it one time. I ended up in 24 industries and it was like, okay, wow. <laughs> which one do I want? But since the referrals were just coming in and that was the main source, I just go with who came in. And so there's, there was just no way I could have even tried to formulate an offer that made sense for an individual group or anything else. Cause that's just what I was known for. And I love how your point is, you know, your point about the, the fact that that person that referred you, the person is going to be very similar to that person. And so for me, it was a lot of startups. So I ended up with a ton of startups in a ton of different, you know, spaces. And it was impossible, like I said, impossible to systematize in scale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, you bring up a really good point. You know, for a lot of our clients, we're trying to get them upsell, move up markets to bigger companies. And those bigger companies, you know, really want specialists that really know either maybe their industry really well, or they know whoever they're trying to target, maybe it's Gen Z or millennials, for example. But if you're working sort of with this kind of hodgepodge of clients, you never really gain a really deep expertise into one's particular area. And it makes it much more challenging than to to go up market and demonstrate an expertise when you've kind of just done everything and everything under the moon. No, and that's and it's it's distracting too from a agency owner perspective because it's it seems fun, but you're not. We always talk about like the ideal scenario as being you pick your clients, right? But you don't have that luxury if you're having to close 100 percent of your leads. So yeah. you get what you get. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say the other thing that we, we look at here is word of mouth referrals takes takes time. It spreads slowly. You you have to work with the client. They have to be happy with your services. Think about how long that process in and of itself will take before they feel comfortable enough that they're going to even refer you. I know, you know, the first day I'm going to engage with with somebody, I'm not ready to go put myself out on the line and not put on a limb and, and share that what you know a referral. I want to make sure I've experienced that and, and the work is good, their the relationship is good. So that's going to take months to develop, you know, in most cases. And then beyond that, now now they feel comfortable enough. When are they actually going to be you know, having those conversations? So that's a whole nother process on top of that. So again, versus other forms of you know, sales and marketing where you can be in market within you know, a day or two, you, know, you could be reaching out with some paid advertising or some you know, cold outbound type prospecting. So you know, again, the movement and the speed that it has, especially if you're trying to scale, it's not there from a word of mouth and referral standpoint. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I don't know if this is one of your points, but it's also super dangerous because the fact that you have to keep every client you work with happy is one impossible, <laughs> and two, when they're unhappy, it will have a vast impact on your performance everywhere because you have to keep everybody super happy; otherwise, the referrals won't come in. So it's yeah, it's dangerous and exhausting is probably the best term for it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it puts you in a vulnerable situation. If that's all you're relying on, then, you know, 
one or two, you know, negative reviews, experiences with a client, you don't really have any other way to overcome that, you know. So yeah, it definitely puts yourself in a in a tough situation, you know, where you have to really hit hit it out of the park at all times, which I know we all strive to do, but that's just not always the reality of business. Well, especially if you're switching up industries every five seconds. It's you you end up kind of schizophrenic going all over in every direction all at once. So uh, with all those, you know, bad things <laughs> about referral marketing or just relying entirely on referrals, what's the alternative? Yeah, so I think, you know, we've, we've kind of touched upon some of this here, you know, at least from, from our lens where we find the greatest success of going up market, again, which what a lot of our clients are trying to do, land those bigger type of deals, is what we call more of a, a cold outbound prospecting approach. So by that, I mean done in a very strategic way. So when I say cold outbound, I'm talking about strategically targeting a select set of prospects through cold calling, cold email, social media, but again, done in a very thoughtful, meaningful way. I think sometimes when you people hear about you know, cold outreach and, and cold calling, they, you know, they, they think about mass emails that go out, they think about just kind of dialing the phone book or, you know, pitch slapping on LinkedIn. And, and none of that is, is, is what we would advise. And that's kind of the, the dark side uh, of it. But there's a great side of it as well. You know, when you're talking about a more proactive approach like this, you know, you have the ability then to select the industries you want to target, the companies you want to target, you know, you have the opportunity then to craft a personalized message that specifically talks about maybe a pain point that they're experiencing and a solution or an offer that you have that can that can solve that. So again, it's it's highly targeted in the type of an approach that you could take. And and we see really good results from that, especially when you're again trying to target these busy executives at these big companies. You know, a lot of people think, you know, well, the big companies, you know, they're they're not responding to cold email or they're not responding to, you know, voicemail. You know, that's that's, that's just an absent up in our experience. You know, if you do so in a very targeted, thoughtful way, like like we had advised, you know, the executives are very actually warming, you know, because they have at the end of the day business challenges that need to get solved. And if you can come in there with something very specific and well thought out, they actually welcome, you know, the conversation. So, you know, and I can definitely riff on that a, a little bit more, but at a high level, you know, that's what that's where we're seeing a lot of success with our clients and, and others that we work and advise. Oh, that's fantastic. So when you're talking about, because that, that's why I would say like, wow, email works, because a lot of times you just think of that, that type of LinkedIn, you know, hey, want to be friends, and they hit you up with like, did you know I do this? <laughs> so we're kind of the, the keys to making that kind of cold outreach more effective and less, say, spammy. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, you want to build all of your outreach around solving a problem. And in order to get there, you know, we we think we think of it in two different ways, you know, taking an audit of the client work that you've done in the past. And, you know, what problems did these clients come to you to solve? And sometimes that's tricky for agencies to think about because they think like, oh, well, they came to us for a website. Well, that's true, but why were they coming to you for a website? Was the were they were sales down? Were they not converting enough leads? You know, that was the business challenge, the business problem they came to you for, not a website. Website is a solution to a problem. So first is thinking about that very clearly. What are those problems that you solve? Then figuring out from there, you know, who are the companies or industries or both, you know, that are experiencing that particular challenge. And that really then becomes the foundation for your campaigns. But then beyond that, I think what, what we like to do and advise our clients on is, let's be honest, right? You know, when nobody wants to jump on another 15-minute, you know, capabilities presentation so we could tell you how great we are and all of that, right? There's no value in it for the prospect 
all of us are getting hit up every which way, you know, in that same regard. So what we really advise our clients on is to think about what is your unique point of view on something? What is a proprietary process? Some provocative different ideas. The idea here, though, is that when you reach out to a company, you're not just saying, again, we want to get on your calendar. You're saying, hey, we've been looking into your business. We think you're experiencing this type of problem. We have a really interesting idea around that problem. Would you be willing you know, and open to a conversation around that? And it's a different mindset than just, again, the capabilities presentation. You're here bringing two executives together to have a conversation around solving a problem. And by taking this approach, what we find is it instantly puts you in a position of an authority, of an expert versus a salesperson, right? Because you're here trying to, you know, exchange some knowledge with them. Because of that also, you know, it, it we find that prospects, if you can, if you hit it the right way, Usually, you know, you're having a demo with maybe one person, but when you've really zeroed in on, on the right problem, they'll oftentimes invite others from their team that are experiencing this problem as well. So now you have a bigger audience. And and as a lot of the research shows, there's usually a buying committee of maybe seven, eight, nine people that are making decisions. So if you can get a lot of those people in the room in your first meeting, you've already far exceeded, you know, and really kind of circumvented a lot of the buying cycle here. And then it just creates a different platform, right? You're, you're here, you're talking about a problem versus telling you everything and every, anything under the moon that you can, you can do. So, you know, to kind of sum that up again is, you know, understanding the problems, you know, that you solve, who can you solve it for, and then what kind of knowledge and value can you share with them about solving that problem? I love that. Well, and I love the approach of, you know, going in there as a consultant, say, hey, I received your company's email newsletter. This is actually an example we used in an article that we did recently, where here's the newsletter. I noticed these three issues that could enhance, you know, like conversions or whatever it is. And then you present them with that with no talk about the sales cycle until they ask like, oh, could you do that for me? So is it something similar to that? Yeah, that's a great example of it as well. Yeah, you're not talking, it's about them. It's about them and their challenges. In your case, it's about the newsletter and their challenge. It's not about us. It's not saying, well, we design email newsletters and we do websites. You know, it's not about me, it's about them. It's, you know, it's we've all heard it before with them. You know, what's in it for me? You know, it's got to pass that test. And if it does, you're just going to see much better results. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. So what do you say just in terms of an ad budget? So if I'm a 100% referral-based agency, now I'm thinking about making that ad, you know, campaign. What's a realistic amount or cost per conversion? Or do you have any stats like that in terms of marketing agencies? Yeah, you know, it's it's really difficult to to kind of pin something like that down. It really going to depend on who you're targeting, what's the average deal size that you're going after. And, you know, what I would say here is the best thing is to do is just start testing, right? You know, you don't have to go out of the gates with a huge ad budget. If you're running paid ads, you don't have to go at it with a huge campaign. If you're doing more of a cold email and cold calling approach, you know, start small, go put, put some, put something out there together, see what the results are. You know, what we advise our clients on is, is we kind of take a page out of the software development book and we do these 30 day sprints for all of our clients. So we'll come up with a campaign. Like I said, the problem, the audience, the offer, we'll go to market with it. And then we learn, we see what happens. What are the results? In our case, if it's emails, what are the reply rates and the open rates? What are the responses like? If it's cold calling, what are the conversations like? What are the meetings then like? How did those go? What are people leaning into, not leaning into? And then does anything close from it, right? And then you take those learnings and then you adjust. And then the next month, you know, you, you optimize based on that. And, and that part of that optimization, if you, if you got some things right, which I hope you did, you can double down, right? That's the other beauty of 
outbound or like a paid advertising approach is if you got something working, you can very easily you know dial it up versus what we were talking about earlier with the word of mouth. You can be having a great word of mouth and referrals coming in, but there's no way to control and, and turn that up or down. No, that's that's the dream <laughs> is having some kind of predictability. I always describe my business as a roller coaster where it's like, okay, I got to sell, you know, sprint campaign, get those referrals and then, okay, take care of the clients. Then I'm starving again and then I'm not starving. You know, it's, it's exhausting. And even if you are making good money, it just, you can't plan on spending it, I guess. Right. Right. No, it's true. And that's where the predictability comes in. You know, we, it takes time to get there, but you ultimately will get to the point where you're going to know how many, you know, outbound activities is it going to take for me to land a meeting, right? And then when you know that, then how many of those meetings are converting into a proposal? How many of those proposals are you winning? And once you start to have those metrics, that's when you really know you can start to dial it up or down. And, and hopefully it's profitable, right? And that's that's the goal here, you know, and, and it's going to learn and it's going to you know, evolve over time. But that's the that's the goal. And that's where the predictability really comes in is you can have a formula where you're going to know that, you know, I'm going to send out X number of emails and Y number of phone calls, and it's going to yield me, you know, Z number of new business wins. That's awesome. Hey, Ryan Dice here. You know, it's been a while since I've run the day-to-day for Digital Marketer, the company that Roland and I are partners in. Fortunately, we have a great team and great partners who help us with all that nitty-gritty stuff now. But the one thing that we focused on while I was there and the one thing the team still focuses on to this day is optimizing everything. I'm talking testing everything from the sales copy to the color of the checkout button. Testing like this can have a huge impact on your bottom line, but the truth is it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources. And half the time, we were just throwing stuff against the wall just to kind of see what stuck. But the good news is you don't have to figure everything out on your own anymore. And that's because our friends at Conversion Fanatics have optimized hundreds of sites in all types of industries from small startups to Fortune 500s. And now they can handle all your testing and optimization for you too. So if you feel stuck when it comes to optimizing your website, go and visit conversionfanatics.com and they'll give you a list of custom suggestions to optimize your site 100% free. Once again, you can find them at conversionfanatics.com. So in terms of just like the time frame, if somebody said, okay, start me today, when can I expect leads? Yeah, so, uh, you know, it depends on your level of experience when it comes to outbound, you know, cold calling and, and cold email. If 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 you're not familiar with it, there's obviously going to be more of a learning curve into, you know, how do you make create sequences and write great emails and handle yourself on the on the phone. So depending on your background, it may take a little bit longer. Now, if you're hiring somebody that's going to be doing this, whether that's an internal hire or if that's an external partner, in theory, they, they've already solved that portion of it. So like when clients typically come to us because we, we have a great system in place, we usually spend the first 30 days in more of a strategic and discovery phase. You know, I believe in, you know, uh, measuring twice, cutting once. So we'll spend the first month there. And, you know, based on that, we've got a great foundation. And usually by then the second month, so the first month actually in market doing outreach, you know, you're setting meetings and you're starting to have conversations you know, with folks. So, you know, it's 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 pretty fast the way you can start, you know, getting getting those leads through the door versus again, you know, other forms like you're you're kind of just hoping and waiting, which is not a strategy. No, no, it's definitely not. <laughs> well, and so in terms of the kind of startup process that you do, do you help establish the the new avatar that they're going to be focusing on? 
Yeah, when we're working with our clients, that that's part of the steps certainly is, you know, we like to look at the past clients that they've had, that they've done business with. That's a good starting point. You know, not, we don't always want that to just dictate where we're going to go in the future. That's kind of reflective of the past, but there needs to be, a, you, have, you have to have a story to tell, right? And so when we think about, is there opportunity within certain industries already? But then beyond that, what are some adjacent industries that might be helpful? So perhaps, you know, you've done some work with pharmaceutical brands, right? Well, then that lends itself really well to other kind of health and wellness type of categories. So there's a also some, you know, natural extensions that we'll, that we'll look at, you know, and there's other factors you can look at as well. And I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but, you know, maybe you've done a really great campaign that was targeting, you know, Gen Z. Well, there's, you can go to a different industry, but you can tout your experience, you know, targeting Gen Z. So what, you know, so there's some natural kind of extensions that you're going to want to look at, but, but ultimately, yeah, you're going to want to get to the point where, you know, you have what we call ideal company profiles or avatars that are the type of companies, the sizes, the locations, the industries, things like that, that would be a good fit for you. And, and that's a good jumping off point for uh, where to start your campaigns. Nice. No, that's that goes in line with everything that we teach here at Digital Marketer in terms of the customer avatar and, you know, actually just building up your niche, which is usually the hardest thing. I think that's when you hire a consultant, the best thing that that consultant can help you do is is establish this because they're outside of you. Because you'll you'll end up back with the same thing that you have right now. I could help three industries or I could do email and social and funnel building and and then they just add a thousand services on. And just so everybody knows, like it is possibly successful with a full stack marketing agency. It's just super hard. That's the easiest way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I I would say I I 100% agree with that. I would say from an, if you're talking cold outbound as well, it's a lot easier to cut through with something very specific versus saying, hey, we can do everything and anything because that just sort of gets lost. But if you can, again, zero in on more of a, a problem and a specific solution that you have, that's a much better way to cut through. And what we often find then is that think of it almost like a Trojan horse. Like what is what is the you know best offering that we have that would be of most interest to a prospect to get them on the phone? And that's the hardest thing. You know, most of our clients are really good once they get in the room with the prospect. The challenge is getting in the room with the prospect. So so if there's a way that you know you have something that will cut through and get you in the room, it doesn't mean that that's what you're going to end up the type of work you're going to end up doing specifically for them. Once you start talking, you may uncover other opportunities which may lead to other services or or more of a full stack even approach if that's ultimately what they need. That's awesome. So just for, I, I had to keep hammering on it, but I know the, the question that people are going to have is like, how much is it going to cost me to start getting leads from cold traffic? Is, is that going to be a yeah, hundred dollars, so, you know, client, 200, 300, like what's the, what's the rub? Yeah, I think, you know, so if we're talking about some of the foundational tools that you're going to need, you know, to to do this, you know, at some level of scale, right? You know, one of the tools, you have email, so you can, you can kind of go at it from a low cost standpoint. If you get more advanced, there are tools that automate these things like a HubSpot or an outreach.io. I don't think to get started, you have to do that. I think normal email is just fine. We all have a phone in our pockets. So, you know, you don't have to have anything advanced. We're using, you know, automated dialers and things like that, again, to do it at scale. You don't have to do that to get started. Even from a data standpoint, right, you're going to need a way to get in touch with these folks. You're going to need their email address. You know, LinkedIn is is obviously free, uh, but you will need their email address and possibly their phone number. But again, there are tools out there. You can go to Google that will provide you with free credits to find email addresses and phone numbers of folks. So the reality is, if you wanted to start this really scrappy, 
there's you could really get it done for for no cost, just your time to to put to, to put against it. So that's another reason, really great thing that I like about this. You know, paid advertising in your hand. You know, you're going to be giving Google or Facebook, you know, money, whether it works or doesn't. You don't, you know, you, you're going to make some investment. Versus when you're doing something more cold like this that I'm talking about, you could really get it done for just just your time to put it together, test the market, see how it works. If it's working, then you might want to introduce some of these other tools that you can then scale your efforts. No, I think that's that's a super valuable tip right there. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be expensive. And it doesn't even have to be a paid ad thing. It could just be that cold outreach that everybody's scared of <laughs> for the most part. But, you know, if you do it right, and I'm sure that's that's what you teach with your system, then it's completely doable and it's just an investment of time, which will make a huge difference. But just the, just the focus that you do on, you know, what's your superpower Let's just focus on that. And now you get to solve problems that you're already good at solving for people that you already would have liked to solve the problems for. So I, I think that's that's an excellent tip. Yeah, you don't have to overcomplicate it. I think the biggest thing is like anything, just get out there and start doing it. You're going to learn you know, as you go. You're, you're not doing anything different than what you're already doing you know, for clients. So you're just speaking about that and just formalizing it into an email or into a cold call. And you know, I think you'd be surprised at the, at the results that you have. But again, you, you, you got to think about it in a very, one thing I, I want to hammer home here a little bit is, which I didn't touch on, it has to be personalized though. And that's what we just see, you know, sending out just a mass email that's going to go out to hundreds or thousands of prospects. People smell that a mile away. And that type of, you know, approach is just not going to work. So I would rather hear you sit down and write, you know, three, four, five really smart emails. To your point earlier, you mentioned the newsletter where you've identified uh, something that in somebody's newsletter that could be improved. So if it's something like that, or just looking at certain companies and other things that you might want to pick up and writing this, you know, a personalized email that's that's unmistakably written to them. And, and I think you'd be better off and see better results doing that to three, four, five companies a day or a week or whatever than you would by trying to send out, you know, 10,000 emails in one in one big blast. Love it. Quick win for the, the potential client and much more likely sales call for you. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, so where can people find out more about you and, and your system? Yeah. So our website is probably the best place to uh, to find it. It's uh, christianbanach.com. So on there, you'll get a, a whole lot of information about you know what we do. We have a great blog with uh, some information on there about you know cold outbound. We have a, a great newsletter as well that I would recommend signing up to that provides motivational tips or on a mindset basis, as well as down to other types of tips in terms of you know outbound. So I think those are two two great places to go. Awesome. Well, well, thanks so much for coming on, Christian. I think, you know, we have a ton of agencies that listen to the podcast and most of them, and not most of them, but many of them are probably scared of that cold outreach approach. But I think your approach is, you know, as safe as you can get. And the fact that you can coach people through it is is huge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think whatever you end up choosing to do, whether that's cold outbound, paid advertising, what, whatever it happens to be, I would just say whatever it is, you know, word of mouth and referrals, they're, they're not they're not a growth strategy. They're a bonus. Think of them as a bonus. Don't rely on them. Be happy you get them. But you, if you're looking to scale, you know, you really got to think about a system, a process to put into place in order to do that. Excellent advice. And we, I'm sure we'll hear some feedback on people who put into action. Well, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes are released. Please share this with that friend who is clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketing.
Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up. Because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.